It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, one brave that is just a cool freaking store. And I know that everyone has an opinion about everything, but if Jarvis and I want to call out an opinion about a 26th ranking, we can and we will. And last but not least in For the Culture, I give you one good guess as to who was voted the number one rap group of all time. This is ATL Day Ones. Part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listener of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast or wherever you download your podcast. Make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. ATL Day Ones is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up in about five minutes, what should the doggone Hawks do with that $25 million exception? We'll discuss all of that. But first, we got to jump into the Atlanta Braves. Three all-star starters were voted in, T. We obviously, we know about Ronald Acuna and what he was able to do. He The leading vote-getter automatically in and he didn't have to go through no little process We're like yep um nephew's in no problem right there i next sean murphy t oh my gosh like sean murphy is just you uh alex Anthopoulos was um, traded for him he was uh he was told to us to be a defensive catcher and he has um been all that plus more on the at the plate as well yeah. and you know i think that people people are uh, making comparisons to him to that jt Rimuto. You know, as far as being one of those two-way guys and being able to be productive on both ends, but I think he's kind of surpassed him at this point. But yeah, he got voted in. And last but not least, T, the guy that I really feel like that is just an amazing story. It's really, really cool. Orlando Arcia gets voted in. And also, let's give a quick shout out to Braves fans as well for, you know, pushing the narrative and pushing him in to get into that bad boy as far as being part of the voting process. So I think Orlando Arcia is just and when you think about what makes it so cool is the fact that he was a guy that I wasn't even clamoring for. I was just like, you know what, throw him by the wayside. He can't replace Dansby Swanson. So let's bring in the new fresh, the fresh blood in Vaughn Grissom, and let's the see what he can shiny. do, T. <laughs> like this new shiny toy, because that's what we were used to, right? Because yes. Michael Harris was brought up, you know, um, last, last year, you know, a couple months ago around this time. He he came in and did his thing. So, hey, why not Vaughn Grissom come in and do the same thing at a different position? But Orlando Arcia said no, and Alex Anthopoulos said, this is our guy. Yeah, and there was even a little bit of a, a look at a shiny toy in the space of Brayden Shoemake, right? Right. Yeah, and so everybody, the debate was, will Vaughn Grissom or Brayden Shoemake be the starter on opening day? That was the debate. It <laughs> right. was never, like, Orlando Arcia was the the biggest afterthought for every single one of us. But, and then when he got the job, everybody kind of was like, okay, we don't quite get it. But then we thought, okay, defensively, he makes sense. But that's all we said. Defensively, Mm -hmm. he makes sense. And so when I think about his, his most 
important role. It is defense. Like I, I still will admit that because there was a beautiful, beautiful uh, four six one play a couple of days ago that I know I've replayed uh, over at uh, ninety two nine the game multiple times. Right. So yeah, right. that defense is on point. But I love what Austin Riley said about Orlando Arcia recently, and that was he is the consummate professional. He works so hard, and I love him because he's such a great teammate. And one of the reasons that we all watch the Braves with joy is not just because they're winning, but how they're winning. They're winning as a unit. That's why you see so many of them, and I know we'll talk about it in a second, but that's why you see so more in a second, but that's why you see so many of them, three starters, only one team, the Rangers have more, and that's four. Dodgers have three, so tied up. And then they've got some more that could be called in as reserves. We'll know Sunday, right? Right. All of those things happen because everybody plays their part at the highest level. And so that goes to what you said about Sean Murphy, a nice surprise at the plate. Orlando Arcia, nice surprise at the plate as well, averaging 303, 26 RBI, six home runs. And when you combine his uh, on base percentage, 79 or 794, if you will. So when you combine that with on base and slugging percentage, right? So when you look at that number, when you look at those numbers combined, once again, it was the right call. It was really the right call. Yeah. And and once again, we're giving double A his credit because like one thing about this show T, we don't mind giving people what credit was credit due. And I think that double A made a decision and even gave him a nice little extension, which is super cheap right now. Looking at it like, like, this dude, oh my gosh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Well, shout out to to the, all the old starters, you know, getting getting in and, and being able to, you know, be at a space where they are right there in the All Star game, out there in Seattle, and hey, they're gonna be able to have a little fun and have a camaraderie. Like I said, hopefully their teammates can join them. We will find out reserves on Sunday. So you know, prayers up for uh, Mr. Matt Olson, uh, Michael Harris, Isaiah Albies, you know all those people. You know, and yeah. Austin Riley, yeah, and Austin Riley, yes. So yes, let's get all of those guys in there real quick. T, the um, the Braves are getting ready to take on the Miami Marlins um, tonight. Is this one of the most important series in for for, for this season for, yeah, for the Braves? But, yeah, because you definitely want to get as much space between your the second place team in the NL East as possible. But interestingly enough, I think that it has a number of layers, but for the sake of time, Mm -hmm. one layer is Michael Soroka. He'll get the start. They just announced that about an hour or so ago. And so that makes it important because it's important for us to see he hasn't pitched in Truist Park since August 3rd of 2020. So is he really back? This will be the first, hopefully, of many times that he confirms like, yeah, he's good to go after they sent him down to AAA. I think that is what makes it important, especially because the word is that uh, he'll be facing off against Brian Honig and they're going to throw a a bullpen game from the Marlins. So I feel like advantage uh, Braves. Also, Braves have gone six and one against the Marlins. And it's important to continue to show that kind of dominance and just let the entire league know that, hey, we're the best team. Yeah, we see you raise, but we're the best team in Major League Baseball. And then I think from a historical perspective, they'll be able to tie what they did last year in the month of June, winning 21 games. That'll be amazing because like we said yesterday, we're calling them the best Braves ever team as far as what we can see today. And to get 21 wins in the month of June certainly would back that up. No, no no doubt about it. And for me, and I'll I'll be real quick and brief with it. 
It ain't not that important, to be honest with you. It's more important for the Miami Marlins because they're the ones that are six games back. And if, you know, you, you come out of a series not getting a win and the Braves continue to dominate the Marlins like they have in the past, like, then you, you're almost coming up on the all-star break and you're almost double digits behind. So, yeah, I, I think the Miami Marlins need to, you know, they, they are the ones that need to come in it because, hey, the Braves are the rabbit like, and they chasing and the Miami Marlins are chasing. So that's kind of where I am with it. Now, speaking of, Another Atlanta team, you know, we talked about the Braves, but I think the Hawks are somebody that we need to keep an eye on because at 6 o'clock tonight, T, it's going down, free agency, trades, all that stuff, you know, with all the rumors that we've been hearing and everything. And we know that the, um, the Hawks have already traded John Collins to the Utah Jazz, so that they picked up a $25 million trade exception. Do you feel like the Hawks will use that bad boy? to bring in some help for uh, John Kyle's replacement. We shall see. (laughs) We shall see. You know, I hope they do. I I really, and I had to say it that way because it's like none of us, and we have people that we We talk to. 60% of the doggone starting lineup would be traded by now. Exactly. I I understand why you say that. Yes, and and everybody (laughs) that we talk to, including our guy who does Locked on Hawks, Brad Rowland, everybody's kind of looking like, are they going to do anything? We hope that they do something, but are they going to do anything? And if they do, I mean, where would they go? Maybe you can try to snag a Kyle Kuzma because at least – He's trying to get off of a team that's trying to dump. You know, they're they're still in fire sale mode. Yeah, so I mean, you might to. try to go after him, mm-hmm. but you can't go after Cam Johnson because he's restricted. So it might be a little. Well, I can't say you can't, but it be darn difficult. And then when you look at many of the other top tens, several of them are restricted. I think like a third of them are restricted, uh, except maybe Miles Bridges. They, I mean, but I I don't think they're going to give up. I don't think the, the Hornets are going to give him up. And I think. Even of those top 10 that are restricted, Jarvis, I only see Kyle Kuzma as one who potentially numbers wise with salaries could make sense at at the power forward position. Because I know we talked about small forward yesterday, Mm. but in addition to numbers, they are the only team on that list in a fire sale. The other top 10 are contenders, to be honest, when you look at some of the power rankings of the power forwards in the league. Yeah, that's kind of... For me, as we go through this, we've gone through this all season. Like you said, at the end of the season, if you were saying that that um, Clint Capello or DeAndre Hunter or one or both of those guys will still be on this roster at this point of the season, I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm like, I don't know if I believe you. But now I'm right. kind of leaning towards, okay, probably going to get some in-house replacements because that's where I'm leaning towards as far as with that power forward spot because yeah. you may see. Uh, Sadiq Bay may step into that role because mm-hmm. we know they want to extend him, right? So yes. why wouldn't he be in that starting role? Because I feel like he can be a viable starter, yeah. you know, a cheaper version of, you know, what, you know, John Collins was able to bring to the table. So right. that's kind of where I am with the Atlanta Hawks. So, and early know. enough in his career that yes. you can teach him some of the things that never kind of caught on with JC, like giving him a perimeter. Sh- there it is. There we go. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. That one might be, Oddly enough, the one that gets filled in-house, and then we may be having a conversation about the three of the five. Yeah, no doubt. And because he Clint is a little expensive at this, this point in his career, and more than likely he's a guy that, you know, championship contenders would be lusting over at this point. So, And I'm not sure – I'm pretty sure that the Hawks are going to test those waters as well yeah. um, because we know that they were in talks with the Mavericks leading up to the draft. So – 
I think there's going to be some conversations about him going mm-hmm. forward, but we'll definitely keep an eye on that as we move forward. Now, speaking of moving forward, how about this? You know, the Falcons moved forward, said they got some money. They had some conversations, and they spent some money about all this stuff, and they trying to compete and get into the playoffs. But will they make it, and should they make it? We'll talk about that next. But first, I have to let you guys know that this episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It is the number one sports book in America. And guess what? Baseball season is going down. We've talked about the Braves and how everything. Getting ready to head to the All-Star break. So I need you to get your money right. Get your money right. So once the All-Star break is over with, you can start winning some money on FanDuel. Because, you know, the Braves are going to be easy money going for it. Ronald Acuna, you know, Matt Olsen, you know, all those guys. Those guys hit bombs all day. So I need you to go over there and check them out and guess what once you go over there and if you're a new customer you can take advantage of the no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win all you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel.com slash locked on is the number one source right there it's safe secure super easy to use you don't have to worry about anybody stealing your information they got it right there. And guess what? It's not like you're dealing with a human. And if you win, you get you get get your money. You get your money right then and there. So you don't have to wait. You don't have to make no phone call. You don't have to text. You don't have to bother nobody. Say, hey, give me my money. Where my money at? They can do that right there for you. So FanDuel is the number one sports book in America. It is the official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Now, the Falcons wouldn't be a bad team to bet on either because they beat the spread, what, nine times last year? So that was a good that was a good look and could be a potentially good look again this year because here for those of us who've had an opportunity to see them during voluntary OTAs, we see a difference in them, right? right. So we could tell you, like, if you want to bet 11 and 7 or you want to bet, you know, 10 and 8, uh, excuse me, 10 and 7 and um, 11 and 6, you could do that because there are viable ways for the Falcons to get there, which probably, Jarvis, puts them in contention to be in the playoffs either as a wild card, but I really do think their best path is to win the NFC South. However, there are still pundits that don't exactly agree with that. So there was an article that came out on NFL.com that talked about those teams that are most likely to end a long playoff drought in 2023. Now, I'll give you the number one ranking, and then we'll kind of go down from there. So number one would be the New York Jets, and I'm not going to, of course, go through all 26. Number two, Detroit Lions. Number three, Atlanta Falcons. So this ra- the rationale from this gentleman 
is that he likes the feel of Arthur Smith's team because of, well, Arthur Smith, offensive guru, workaholic. Some people dwell on the fact that they were seven and 10, but hey, we know how they got to seven and 10. But he actually starts talking, Jarvis, like we spoke even yesterday. Yeah. He starts looking at why they could be the number three team who could make it back to the playoffs because of the Bijan Robinson pick, because of Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Cordero Patterson. And then on the flip side, four of the veterans that they picked up in free agency, Calais Campbell, David Onyemata, Caden Ellis, and Jesse Bates. So you take those four on offense, right? And then you take those four on defense, and he says he thinks that this team, other than the Detroit Lions and the Jets, are arguably one of the teams that, hey, he thinks they can win 10 games. He thinks they can make the playoffs. Now, he thinks wild card, but what say you on all of it? I'm I'm leaning towards the division as well. And here's my main reason why is because I do trust Arthur Smith because – what he's been able to do to be able to win seven games in back-to-back years in the first two seasons as the head coach of this team is I feel like it's been a yeoman's work. Like he's been doing the Lord's work to be able to get <laughs> squeezed seven games out of these out of these these um, two rosters because we know what they've been in from, from a, a salary cap standpoint. Yeah. They had to basically kind of suffer through it, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying, and, and say, hey, you know, suck it up, buttercup, with all this um, dead money, with yes. Julio Jones contract, Matt Ryan, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They had to go through some tough times. So now that they have some money, they have the they have more money to bring in better talent. And Indeed. Arthur Smith with better talent in year three, I feel like can be a competitor or be able to compete for the NFC South division because that's yeah. at, at the end of the day, that's what you what you shoot for because mm-hmm. you never know how this thing can go when you're talking about wild cards. See? Like, and I don't and I never want to uh, the Falcons to be the team to be in those conversations because, you know, yeah. you just never, you, you know, I don't want to do math equations towards the end right. of the year about Same. how they're going to yeah. get to the playoffs. I right. was like, okay, they got the number one. They got the number one in the division. Cool. Let's, cool. let's roll yeah. with that. And I feel like the way these teams are constructed in this division with the uncertainty at every quarterback position, and I thought yeah. Desmond Ritter in there, but like I said, I have a little bit more confidence than the national um, um, people do, like we talked about yesterday. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm, in, I'm in a space where I trust – Arthur Smith with this offense and all of the young offensive weapons that they yeah. have. And, and I think people need to pay attention to what I just said. All of the young offensive weapons, all of the guys they have on rookie contracts, you know, on the offensive side of the football. So that's why they were able to go out and pay 15, 16 million dollars yeah. to a safety. So yep. those are some of the things you have to kind of pay attention to. And that's kind of where I am as far as this team getting into the playoffs via the NFC South division title. Yeah, that was probably the only thing I disagreed with him on, because like I said, I could see 10 and seven just as easily as I see 11 and six. Mm -hmm. But he was thinking wild card. And when you kind of look at the board of some of those teams that are probably going to be right there in the mix, like the Cowboys, because the Eagles, to me, are still in position to win the (sighs) NFC East. But you got the Cowboys on their heels. You got the Giants on their heels. So you don't want to have to be, to your point, in week 18, sitting on the edge of your seat, waiting for somebody to lose, somebody to win, somebody to do this, that, and the third, just so you can get into the playoffs. No, you play your way into the playoffs. And I think they do have the guns to do it. And another one, I know you don't really talk about O-linemen very often because there's no stat that you can kind of connect to them. Mm -hmm. But like I said, he's the important piece because as he goes and that entire line, especially that left side goes, that's what's really going to take the Falcons offense to the next level because they've got all the run protection that they could ever want. 
Right. But if they can get that pass protection with all those weapons that you and I just mentioned, that's what to me is going to put them ahead of the game in the NFC South versus say those other teams that don't necessarily, like you said, they may have unproven quarterbacks just like the Falcons do, but they have, I feel way more other positions where there are unproven talents there that won't be able to compete with the likes of who the Falcons have gotten in the uh, offseason in, in free agency. Now, there was another article that I thought was interesting that went in the opposite direction, the direction that we are becoming increasingly familiar with. Uh, here. So, par for the course. Par for the course. So it wasn't anything that you and I were maybe shocked about. I think the bigger thing, Jarvis, for me was the shock about how low the position was. So yeah. this was an article on ESPN Plus that ranked NFL rosters for the 2023 season and kind of went through strengths and weaknesses, right? Mm -hmm. So, of course, the usual suspects, you'd expect the Chiefs to be one, you'd expect the Eagles to be two, and then Buffalo Bills three, and they kind of go down the list. All of those you expect to be at the top of the fray. Fair, yeah. Right, that, exactly. That is fair based yeah. on playoffs last year and what they've done in free agency themselves. But here's where I'm troubled. And confused, I should say, because mm -hmm. we do still try to be objective. Of course. The Jets at 10. Let's start there. I'm going to give you some more. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, keep yeah. laughing Come because, yeah, keep it. laughing. <laughs> Seahawks at 12. Okay. All right. um, which, which was another shocker for me ahead of the, I'll give you one more. And we'll go with our final, and I know this one is going to <laughs> bite your apple. You. The Saints at 19. <laughs> but the Falcons at 26, I'm just trying to understand if you're talking oh, about man. strengths and weaknesses, tell me exactly in a sensical way how you got to 26 because Jarvis, I read and reread this and I'm like, okay, if the weakest unit is the quarterback, if that's all you got, ah, you got to miss me with 26. <sighs> Yeah, like so that, that's that's my thing because like you know look, looking up and down this thing like because look at a couple of teams that are the few teams that are in front of the, under the run excuse me in front of the Falcons um yes. the Packers at 23 Commanders yeah. Commanders Command team, yeah who haven't won anything in forever it's been forever since they won anything Sam Howell who's a fifth round pick because we know Desmond Ritter catches a lot of flat oh he's a third round pick so hey true enough if the talent level, you know, he was he was he was drafted where he was supposed to be because hey, that's where he was drafted. You know what I mean? So people are kind of looking at him, just saying, okay, it's a third round pick. There's no way he can be able to be viable enough to be able to get the Falcons to where they need to be. But Sam Howell's a fifth round pick, right? And he wasn't even that good in college, like right. so. And the Saints ahead of him too. And you yeah, know, that's yeah. the, my home team. Not that I root for them. I'm a Steelers fan. You better better understand, but. I don't see anything in their roster as an example or any moves that they've made in the offseason that or even in in the draft that yeah. would say that they would be in a stronger position, especially because, wait, get this, Jarvis. They say the weakest unit is on the defensive side because defensive tackle David Onyemata, Shai Tuttle and Kentavious Street are gone. Guess where Onyemata landed? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that math ain't math, Jarvis. Come on, make it make it sense. Make like. it make sense because it does not. Yeah, that's that, and this is what I like. Like 
I love this season, right? Because you know it gives us something it's little, funny, little right? it's, it's on, You know fun. what I'm saying? Like it's funny. It's, it. it's, it's funny. It's funny. It's funny. That is the perfect way of putting it. So I think when you look at that though, like the Green Bay Packers, like they weren't even that good with Aaron Rodgers last year. You know, so how is it that you got Jordan Love, who nobody knows how good he's going to be? Like anybody who tells you they know for a fact with all their heart that Jordan Love is going to be an amazing replacement for another Hall of Famer, they lying. Like, there's no way you can sit up there and say that because we haven't seen him play. So, and we actually got a chance to see Desmond Ritter play last year. So, right. my, my whole yes. thing is, yes. is, like, we got a chance to see a nice little sample size from game one to game four. You saw the progression. Yes. And Arthur Smith, like the other article said, mentioned how they trust Arthur Smith. I trust yes. Arthur Smith. You mm-hmm. trust Arthur Smith. If he sit up here and saying, you know what, I saw enough to at least bring this guy in to be my QB one for at least for twenty twenty three. Yes, like let's go with that. Yes. Like you need to believe him. I believe right. Arthur Smith when he talks about Desmond Ritter and him being the guy, you know, for um, for this season. So, yeah, miss me with all that stuff with talking about the Packers and the yeah, the, uh, the Saints just, and and the right. Washington Commanders who've been awful for years, yeah. years. Shout out to Daniel Snyder finally get, getting that uh, uh, amazing going away gift. But, yeah, like, this is something that I really feel like that this is the part of the list season that I don't like because yeah. it just seems like it's just the national narrative. Really don't know what's going on with the team. You kind of just do headlines and then, like, oh, yeah, the quarterback ain't good. Okay, let me drop them right. all the way at the bottom right. of the league. Because yeah. yeah. I can put, I'll put some money on that the Falcons will not be picking in the top 10 this year, um, I mean, next year, T. I can put right. some money on that right now. And that's an excellent point because that's essentially what – a 26th ranking equates to that you're basically saying that they're going to pick in the top 10 darn near top five. And you just can't tell me that this team that picked at number eight this year is going to be somewhere hovering around there again. I'm just not believing it. And I want to go back real quick to your point about the sample size. People say that four games is a small sample size, but that's still about 25% of the season. And they were, he was two and two. And he lost a close one to New Orleans, right? And Baltimore, you know, that was kind of a tough go, but his numbers got better. Right. Did. And then they beat Arizona and he had his best game, Mm -hmm. arguably against the Bucs. So my thing is quality and quantity. So yeah, you may not have gotten quantity in him, you know, playing half the season, but you got quality out of those four games with quality competition that had quality defenses that they were putting on the field. So that's why we tend to think like, no, there's nothing but upside to what this roster looks like. But everydayers, tell us what you guys think. I mean, do you think that the Falcons are a team that one of the top teams to be in position to end a a drought for the playoffs? Let us know. Also, if you guys think that they should be higher at or lower than 26, as far as team rankings and how you got better in the off season and all that good stuff, let us know because, Hey, maybe we missed something. You know what to do because you drop comments in the YouTube section all day, every day. Drop them here as well. We appreciate you guys for that. And, of course, we appreciate you for downloading us wherever you download your podcasts. But, the this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on the show. Today is no different. T, when you think about billboards, you know what I'm saying, like people tend to give them all the credit as far as having all of the knowledge necessary to be able to judge, you know, hip hop groups, 
artists and all that stuff. So they got, like you said, it's list season. So they dropped their top rap group of all time T. And guess what? They got it right. So I'm going to start, with, I'm going to get a top five and I want to get your thoughts. And I'm going to go from five all the way up to one. So if Run DMC is five, A Tribe Called Quest at four, NWA at three, Wu-Tang Clan at two, and the number one hip-hop group of all time goes to, you already know, Outkast. How about that? (laughs) Yeah, how about it? You know, I I can't argue with that list. I really, really can't. I can't argue with the order. That this is maybe one of their better lists where they seem yeah. to have gotten it right. I don't know who was on the panel this time, but this seems more right than any list that I've seen from Billboard in recent memory. Starting with uh, number five, it's uh, tell me again, is it Run DMC? Run DMC five. Run DMC. So you think mm-hmm. about what they brought to the table. I just literally listened to uh, Walk This Way and It's Tricky a couple days ago, and that mm-hmm. was you know those rock songs being embedded into that. Of course, that that's Rick Rubin's influence. But yeah, seeing that they were willing to kind of take that lane, and that just opened up hip hop. It opened up yes. a lane that yes. now seems very is commonplace, right? And then yeah. number four. They're my favorite group of all time, Tribe Called Quest, because they just did it very, very differently. They infused jazz, they infused R&B, and they were just so, like, lyrically gifted. Like, just not just the delivery, but the content. Mm -hmm. And they just played off of each other so very well. I mean, the only two that I can think of who even played off of each other as good as Q-Tip and Fife might be, like, a um, Naughty by Nature, right? Mm, yeah okay. but yeah. but as far as like that word play off of one another that just was amazing and like i said to the jazz and r&b and then who do, who do they have at three um they, they had they had nwa um, nwa three, yep. uh, yes yep. so mm-hmm. nwa yeah like that's the game changer they absolutely put the west coast on the map, on the map. i mean yes. they put it yes. on the map and the things that they would say were bucking the system a long time ago when it was unpopular and probably could have gotten you in some serious trouble and they they did they just fought for for their right to to speak on things so i appreciate that and woo we had never seen that nine rappers and everybody is as equally gifted yeah i mean we had never ever seen that so coming off of staten island with you know those guys being able to do what they did and um you know have the kind of influence that they had it was just grimy and it was Mm -hmm. different but it worked and all of those personalities were decidedly different, but it worked. And that's yeah. what I loved about them, just the eclectic nature. But all that said, yes. never, ever, 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 forever, ever think that there will be a group better than the duo known as Outcast. They changed the game. If I can, I'm going to just tell it quick, tell it yeah. quick. Oh, I was yeah. literally uh, hanging out with uh, some students that were from Atlanta okay, and guy wanted us to listen to, um, wanted us to listen to this CD, whatever, and put in the CD. And when I tell you, when I heard Southern playlist to Cadillac music, I almost lost my, that, yes, that was the first song for me. Wow, That was the first song for me. And I just kept asking, who are these people? I need, and we let him play the entirety of the first album. Yeah. That is how powerful they were coming out of the gates. And then the longevity. 
And then the now they're excellent at wordplay of just a duo. They do yes. better than anybody. Yes. Excellent at wordplay and being able to weave in two totally different styles. That's why the Love Below and Speaker Box went diamond. Because no somehow, some way, it showed perfectly ridiculous. how different they were yeah. and how they made it work. So, yeah, Jarvis, I would never disagree with them being top duo of all time. Yeah, because, I mean, a lot of times. Oh, I'm sorry, group. It, I'm sorry, group. Yeah, I'm no, no, no doubt about it. I, know, I definitely know what you mean. But I, for me, I'm glad that, you know, Billboard acknowledged what Outkast has accomplished and what they were able to do. Because a lot of times, you know, with any list and in hip hop and you know all together they're always going to be biased towards the new york right the oh, city of new absolutely. york because you know that's the birth where it came from blah 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 and all that stuff yeah i get it i understand whatever but you know there is atlanta the city of atlanta has done some things that yes. is probably never going to be accomplished again yes and i think that atlanta has not i think i know that atlanta has Taken over as the hub for hip hop. Oh, yes, it's, no it's, question. It is the hub for hip hop. Like, it I don't is. care what anybody says. It is. It is the hub for hip hop. So, for them to be able to acknowledge a group or and, and the person that was in that group, Andre T. Stacks, when he mm -hmm. went on that, that hip hop award show and said the South got something yes. to say from that point, from that point on, on. T, yeah. they proved it. <laughs> they yes. proved it. Yes. And they continue to prove it. And, 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 and all, the, all the people that have come behind them have. Proved it like, yes, the South got something to say. Y'all better mm -hmm. respect us. And right. shout out to Billboard for making them the number one. Right. And, and can I say this? Not, oh. you know, and I'm taking nothing away from Miami and, you know, what Two Live Crew did because, hey, that had its place. Taking nothing away from A Ball and MJG. They put Memphis on the map. And, you know, my guys in PA. They were 37th, by the way, which is kind of low uh, in my eyes. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like, like, what? Do you not know? But, you know, space age pimping ain't for everybody. So, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, fair. So, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. So I think that when you look at all of those pieces and then you go, you know, to, like I said, to um, PA and it's Bum B and Pimp C and then you come down to New Orleans and you know what that is. Uh, yeah, exactly. You uh, think about what Master P did and, of course, then uh, – um, juvenile and just cash money yeah the reason i made all those points is because those pieces of the south puzzle still were not as influential as outcast in that they had something to say to say we are lyrically and you know i'm about lyrics i don't care about a beat if mm -hmm. the lyrics don't move me i'm turning it off no. outcast was lyrically superior yes they could hang with anybody from anybody. the east coast Anybody. And that to me is what makes them the best of all time because you were in a space where it was just some booty shaking music or it's just some grimy beats. That was it. And you have beats from Dungeon Family, but if you never had a beat from the Dungeon Family, your lyrical brilliance would still stand out for me. Absolutely. And and that's it. And that's 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 it. I'm for a Friday, y'all. Yep, that's, that's we'll, we'll, right. That, that's we'll, a happy we'll place with, for you to end, man. We'll end it right yes. there. Yes, and we hope to come back on Monday with a good report from the Braves weekend showdown with the Marlins. If anything goes down, and, you know, Jarvis and I are quick to jump on a, a one-minute diatribe about it. So if the Hogs do something big, you might see us again today. But if not, yes. you'll certainly see us on Monday. And anything else coming your way from Atlanta sports, the, the scene, we got you. And last but not least, before we get out here on a good Friday for the weekend, make sure that you share love, show love, and most importantly, spread love.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.